Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, gang, welcome back to another episode of Secrets and Settle All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie Dao here. And so today I'm going to give you my Barry Roubaix 2023 race report on the Psycho Killer 100 miler. So yeah, so here's the thing about the, uh, the 100 miler. So if you want to catch this first, make sure that you follow on YouTube. So if you want to watch this, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be putting all my race or my trip, road trip photos in place. So you can see all the photos um, of the road trip with myself and my two girlfriends who went down with me to Hastings, uh, Michigan for the event. Um, and I also, I'm going to plunk in some videos, uh, that I took. Um, I didn't get a whole lot because my phone, I didn't have, um, I didn't have data and my phone died and, and anyways, so I do have some videos that I want to share with you as like in, in this episode, because, you know, uh, this event is freaking amazing. And, um, so I'm just, I'm going to be actually following my photos so that I put everything in place and I'm going to share with you some fun stuff and, you know, like how to put together a road trip. Um, I mean, it's not complicated, but for me, so anyways, before I get onto that, make sure that you go and watch this on YouTube and make sure that you follow and put the notifications on. So you get every episode from the podcast there. That's the first thing. Now, the second thing is make sure you follow the podcast on your favorite platform. And we are always asking for reviews and comments so that it drives this podcast right up to the top or close to the top. So more people find it because there's not, there's, there's not too many podcasts from females talking on cycling and, um, you know, maybe you've gone out there and you've, you have your favorite podcasters, but they're always talking about talking with the pros. And I really love talking with with pros, but with the majority of the population who like and do really great things with cycling. So let's get started into the podcast and, and about the road trip. So I have a winter training program and I did this event last year when I started in my podcast doing a race series talking to event organizers. 
And uh, I came across Matt Acker, who I was talking with uh, Mark of uh, Coast to Coast, and Matt was with him to do the event um, to talk about Coast to Coast because Matt was one of the event, uh, one of the uh, course organizers. So, and little did I know that he was also the owner of Barry Roubaix until I got into the po- episode and I'm like, oh, I need to interview you after. So he was talking about it. I checked it out. I got totally inspired. That was my second gravel race. So a little background on me. I started out mountain biking 20 years ago, moved to road cycling, racing. Uh, I did a little bit of cyclocross and um, now I'm totally into gravel um, and road. So, um, so I got completely inspired in January and then I started really looking at my training and making sure that, you know, I rode hundred K every month and in preparation for that event, which was last year was in March and March and it, and it snowed like, and it was like minus five and it was really cold. Um, and, uh, but I had a great event cause I dressed properly for it and I didn't freeze at all. Um, so fast forward, it inspired me to become a race organizer here in uh, Chelsea, Quebec, and I started a women's only gravel race. So it's kind of in its first year this year. Um, I'm trying to build a team around that uh, just because I'm super inspired about women in gravel. And um, I also have a women's race uh, cycling club, so Cycle Fit Chicks. And um, so inspiring women on bikes is what I do. Hi, sweetie. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and I just noticed, sorry guys, like I'm still kind of tired from this weekend, but I'm just going to plug in my mic. Um, yeah. Things like this, you know, so let's just make sure I've got this here. Everything's good. Um, yeah. So I've been inspired. Um, I've started, did uh, about five gravel events last summer and um, I put this on my calendar again. So I have a winter training program and we had about 20 people in it and I put it out there to the group and said, okay, who's going to come with me to Barry Roubaix this year? Um, I encouraged uh, we had three girls, three women who jumped on board. Two were in my program and one was a friend of friend and she'd been there before. So we all went down and so we all signed up and then we got training. And in the process, as you know, if you've listened to my previous um, episodes, is that I signed for, I signed up and I'm participating, <laughs> participate, I'm not going to be uh, a big contestant, uh, for Unbound XL. So I'm training for Unbound XL. I'm coaching everybody to for cycling fitness. And a lot of us had the goal of cycling 100K over the winter and keeping up our fitness. So that's what we did. We trained um, three to five times a week. We got um, our weekend long rides in and then this prompted, you know, to get into an event and um, and to train properly for it. So for me, um, I was using uh, Barry Roubaix 
as a benchmark for Unbound Excel. So I signed up for the 100 miler. So that's 162 kilometers. And it's uh, like a third of what I'm doing in Unbound Excel because it's um, 350 miles. And um, so, so for me, I just want to see how I felt. So I had a couple of benchmarks for this event. So um, how my bike went, how I went physically and emotionally before, during, and after. I had some gear that I was testing and uh, my nutrition and just the whole lead up to with like sleep and um, eating and hydrating and all that. So this was kind of a test. So I did it. Um, anyways, we'll get into, you know, so I did it in eight hours. I survived. Um, and it's Monday. I'm doing this podcast episode and uh, I feel okay. I'm actually freezing together. Right now. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but I am. And, um, and so let's go back to getting into the road trip. Um, so I organized it with the girls. And what we did is we left Thursday morning. So from Ottawa to Hastings is about 10 hours of driving. And uh, so I, I got the girls to take, you know, two days off. Well, because I don't like stressing. It's a lot of driving. Um, the last thing I want to do is, is show up last minute, be rushed, and things like that. So if there's anything that I can distill on you when you do your road trips to cycling events, give yourself time. Because the worst thing you want to do in my mind is show up stressed, tired, last minute, forget things. All these things can really are kind of like a remedy for a really poor performance or experience, right? So you know, I get it. Some people have to um, work to the last minute and things like that. But sometimes it's worth taking that extra time off. So I got my truck and we are bringing our team tent. And gosh, if you have the opportunity to bring a tent and set it up so that you have something to sh for a shade, uh, sit under, have friends find you, do it like just buy one at Costco or Canadian Tire or something um, because at these events there's always the opportunity to set up a tent and Barrier Bay there's an area for tents and it's like basically first come first serve as of Friday at noon so you want to get in there get a good spot and um, it was awesome that uh, you know we were able to we had Pam who was there ahead of time because um, we got there a little late and Nicole um, so here's the start of Thursday now um, my girlfriend Amanda my girlfriend Andrea and Mo which is Andrea's friend met us down there so I went and I picked up the girls um, I left my house at 9 a.m. and if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, um, I basically spent the first part of the week with my mom in the hospital. 
Um, she had open heart surgery on last Monday. And so I was there with her Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, and I left Wednesday morning. So I drove home Wednesday morning. Wednesday night, we had a huge Cycle Fit Chicks spring social and information evening. We had like over 140 women in there, and we were talking and promoting about our club. Also, it was a big like uh, race jersey, uh, like jersey pickup for members who had already signed up. And it was just a great way. And actually, you know, the first time that everybody was getting together from after COVID, like literally, because I think it was like three years since we'd actually had a bring social like that. And super excited. We are uh, about five spots away from hitting our goal of 180 members this year. And that's where we're capping it. Amazing, right? Um, so that was Wednesday night. And uh, I basically, <laughs> Thursday morning, I had kind of packed everything and I was kind of ready to go. But uh, that Thursday morning, I just need, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to be out here by eight o'clock. Yeah, whatever. Walked my kids to the bus, you know, spent some time with them because I hadn't been there in the, the beginning of the week. But I think like just having that extra time, remember, reducing the stress, things like that. You know, we had seven hours to drive to Sarnia. And uh, so I picked up the girls. We were basically on the road by 1030, 11. And our first stop was Sarnia, Ontario, which was is basically at that uh, Michigan border. Um, so that was where we're staying in Canada, just to save on hotels, uh, super cheap there. And um, get we got there around six o'clock and we went out for supper and uh, we had a good night's sleep. And that's the key. The night before the night of your event is the night where you get good sleep. So here's, there's a tip. There's another tip. So if you're racing on Saturday, Thursday night is the night for the good sleep because Friday you're either traveling, you're stressed, you're setting up your food, you have to get up early, whatever. It's usually not a good full night's sleep. So so there's Amanda, me, and Andrea. And honestly, seven hours, we talked from start to finish about everything. I have never spoken, like, it was amazing how much we talked. <laughs> we never listened to the radio. We never listened to any podcasts. And it was just such fun conversation about just everything, especially relationships. Anyways, but you know what it is like for women. So we arrived at Sarnia. Um, we got our hotel, the Travel Lodge in Wyndham. Across the street, this was a really nice restaurant called Big Fish. So we went and we ate there. We got burgers and fries. And um, then back home, I think we we're in bed by 10 o'clock. We slept till 7. We got up. We had breakfast at 8.30. We went to Canadian Tire, the grocery store, gas, before we crossed over. 
So we did our last minute shopping and then it was three hours from there to Hastings. And that's, um, that's where our friend Pam Harper. Yay. So Pam, um, I did, uh, interviewed her super amazing. I've interviewed her twice. I met her at Barry Roubaix last year and she also, um, started up a Facebook page called I love gravel racing. So go follow that. Um, and, uh, she also has a point series for prizes and it's like, if you participate in any one of, you can get points for referring people for, uh, I can't remember. There's a whole bunch of things that you can get points for. And she's like tracking this, like, uh, I signed up. So it's like $15 to sign up. Um, you go to I love gravel racing and you go sign up to their point series and you attend series. There's some in Canada, like mine, my woman's gravel race. So, uh, Wakefield woman's gravel grind. If you want to find that on Facebook, plus a whole bunch of their Canadian, um, Ohio, uh, Michigan there. She has a whole series of, um, gravel races that you can get points for. And you should see the prizes they have for this. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I highly recommend uh, just jumping in and having some fun with that. Then, um, so she was going there. She was already there. She secured us a spot for our tent because we were going to be a bit late because we got hung up at the border and um, and it took us three hours to get there. And so there's three of us. There's her, Nicole, and us. We had tents all beside each other. And like I said, follow along on some of these pictures that are now up in place of my video here. And um, and so when we arrived, we saw her. We were able to put our tent up. And then we parked and we went straight over and we picked up our swag bag and our race plates and did some shopping. Um, I think this is the year like everybody's getting into stickers, right? How many stickers do you have on water, your water bottle? I'm like, here's my new Barry Roubaix coffee cup. And I, I bought some gear at Wander Goods and it was an amazing um, bike bag. It's kind of like a tubular like this, and you can put your water bottle in it. You can put your phone. You can put your food. It's really, really, really handy. I freaking love it. It was something that I was looking for because, um, I, like I said, I was I was testing some gear, specifically a back backpack for that holds like two liters and a whole bunch of food and things like that. I'm not completely like I really would prefer not to have anything on my back, but I think having the extra water is going to be really, really important for Unvanned um, just because there's such big gaps in between uh, finding water or villages that and it's going to be super hot and things like that. So um, super important. So that's what I was testing. But anyhow, um, yeah, so got ourselves together and then we were off to... Uh, back to where all of the, like the expo, not expo, but where the event was holding, like where the stage was and um, all the sponsors uh, were handing out freebies and we got to talk to everybody. You know, one benefit of arriving early is that you actually get to 
first dibs at buying whatever they have. And plus you actually get to talk to sponsors and, um, and some, a lot of the time owners of the companies. So, uh, I'm specifically looking for some sponsors for Unbound. Um, and uh, so I was able to really talk to, especially Mike from Infinity Nutrition, which I used for the first time on the course, which was, uh, I think, I wouldn't say it was a game changer, but having just one package, but it was really beneficial. I could feel a difference. So... I'm going to be looking forward to working with him on my nutrition for Unbound, and they're going to have a tent there. So I'm going to be hopefully one of their athletes out there testing products and using their products. So that was, um, you know, getting into the expo and, uh, you know, kind of um, making our way around. Uh, I can't say how great it was having a truck, lots of space, but <laughs> I'm doing the expenses now and I think it like almost doubled our, our uh, accommodations in gas, but totally worth it, uh, especially with three people, the tent and all that stuff. Uh, we weren't cramped. Um, it was just good. So once we went, made it back to our tent, uh, we went for a bike ride to spin out our legs, and then they had a raffle. They were giving out some pretty amazing swag, and my girlfriend Amanda won some Lauf handlebars. They should have been mine, because I looked at the ticket. It was one number off. Then I looked at her, and she like she had the winning ticket. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> Anyways, so after that, we grabbed some food and we headed um, back to Wendland, Welland, Welland, where our hotel was. And it was the best Western and it was really freaking nice. Um, so that's where we kind of got home like after eight nuts. And, and, you know, like, so this is race night, the night before the race. I have to wake up at... Um, I'm racing at seven. So that means I have to leave at five 30. So at least I have one hour of preparation to get my stuff together um, before I start the race. Now, here's some more tips on how to prep and new um, nutritionally for an event um, before the race. So um, so I started at seven. So that mean meant that I need to start eating at four hours before my event. So that was 3 a.m. 3 a.m. I started um, eating. So I put alarm on. I woke up at three. I ate a whole ton of oats and then I and then I changed my alarm to give me a good hour and a half of sleep. So I know that my sleep patterns like 90 minutes of full REM sleep up and down and um, deep sleep. So then I woke up at 430 because it took me like five minutes to eat. And then I went back to sleep, slept for 90 minutes hard. And then I woke up at 430 and that's where I started. I ate more. So the trick is to eat 
over or around 800 calories before you start your event. I know, and that's why you have to start four hours ahead of time. Uh, if you don't believe me, go read it in Joe Friel's books on the training Bible, cycling training Bible, mountain bike training Bible, the triathlon training Bible, and it clearly states in there this is the same um, kind of routine that he recommends. And I highly recommend it because you need time A to digest all this food, and then you're going to get up, you're going to pack, you're going to get ready, you're going to travel, you need time already there. So there's like at least three to four areas where you're going to be eating. So when I got up again, I ate pasta, and then I made this massive shake uh, from Isogenics and other stuff, both peanut butter and oats. And that was like a good 500 calories. So I brought that with me and I actually drank that down before like around 6.30. And um, then I left at uh, 5.30. So we had planned this. So Mo was the other, the fourth girl, fourth woman, and she had driven. So we planned it that I would drive her car to the start and everybody else would come in the truck. So nobody had to wake up and drive me, right? Because that was the other thing. We had we had three of us, all different race times. Mine was seven, then there was 10 and then 11. So somebody would have to drive me and come back. And thankfully she came down and... Um, and, uh, you know, and so I took her car and so her car is newer. So it runs with a key fob. And I'm like, I, for the life of me, I had this little panic attack. I did not know how to start her car. And I was like, holy shit, how do I do this? Like, I was like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm hitting it. I'm stopping it. I'm, I'm doing all these things. And there was this guy who was packing up his vehicle right beside me. Thank the Lord. Thank you, universe. And I kind of got out of my car. I said, Hey, excuse me. Have you ever started a car with a key fob before? And he's like, yes, I think you have to put your foot on the brake. I'm like, Oh yeah. So like, I kind of like, I'm like missing something. What is that? And so I went in, I started the car and I'm like, Oh my God, just that little itty bitty bit of panic. This is what I mean. Like you need to get you, whatever you get lost. You need to have that time to get to your event. Never to. So I usually get to events like two hours ahead of time. And, and I just say, and I chill and it's the best, you know, so you're, you're not stressed when you start, everything's accounted for. And so, so anyways, that took like five minutes. And uh, so I was off. Um, and I downloaded the map to get back there and everything, uh, which was good. Cause I was like, Oh my God. Uh, cause I didn't have data. My data didn't kick in anyways. So, so off I went, I unpacked, I, I arrived, I unpacked my stuff from the car. Um, I had the tent, so I just put everything in there and I sorted through my stuff and um, in the process, this whole morning, I like had serious like diarrhea. I was like, what is this? My stomach was like, okay, but I was just like, couldn't 
I was on the toilet, you know, and when you're thinking about you're you're doing a hundred milers, so that's like eight hours of riding and you've got diarrhea. Like this is like this can't be good. It's not gonna be good. But after all of that was finished with, I was okay. Thank God. And um so then uh so yeah, so I was in there, I was organizing all my stuff, getting all my food ready, my water, packing my bike, um, setting up everything. So like I knew what I was going to eat and what order and, um, uh, helmet, glasses, gloves, everything, um, backpack. And then I was off. And, um, so in the hundred miler, there's, were 400 people, only 28 of them were women. And I have to say that I finished 23rd. (laughs) My goal was not to be last. So I definitely knew that I was not going to be first, not going to be last. Um, And uh, like I said, I just had certain things that I was working on. um, And it was a training ride. Um, I don't know if I could have done, I, I think I probably could have done it a little bit faster, but I'm going to tell you why. So we're at the start, it's seven o'clock and, um, and oh, another thing that I was stressing about was my Garmin. I couldn't, like, it wasn't picking up my sensors. And so I just completely reset it and re-uploaded everything. And so that was one thing I was going to do, like I had to do Friday night was the priority was to download the race course and upload it to my Garmin. And it worked. Thank God. Thank you, university universe again. And, um, so I was all set because the hundred miler course is not marked. Like there's a lot of markings because the 62 mile is interlocks with the hundred mile, but so there's only those course arrows and not necessarily ours. So you have to have to have it downloaded. Um, And I highly recommend anybody who does any kind of racing, touring, is to get used to downloading um, and GPX file and following it on your Garmin and getting a Garmin. Um, So so seven o'clock rolls around. I position myself the top quarter, which is where you should always be like kind of not at the back because you'll always be at the back, but not at the front because you're not, unless like you are super fast and you need to be there and you're not going to bottleneck people who are faster than you, then that's where you should be. But somewhere in the middle so that you have, you always have people coming up behind you or you can fall back and you can ride with people. So at the beginning we started, I was feeling really good. I have to say I did feel trained. I felt rested. I felt nourished. I didn't have that sense of fatigue, which I was really worried about um, just based on like what happened, you know, during the, the week before, like that week leading up to like with my mom, um, I made sure I wasn't overly tired. I got some good night's sleep, you know, um, and I thought about, I took care of myself. And, uh, so I felt good. I felt strong. My bike had been changed. So I have Montu Copus 
And I changed from a one by to a two by. And I'm so fucking glad that I did that because you have 24 gears over 12. And I was changed to a 12 speed. And um, so if you know anything about Barry Roubaix, there are certain areas where there's sandy, like, roads. They're in the middle of the bush and there's sand. So... The good thing about being kind of in the middle of the pack is that the sides are still rideable. And you can see how people went on the sides, like the leaves were packed down. Um, and I was just thinking about people behind, like way behind, like the hundred, like the 62 miles that, that even the sides would be like all choppy, like done. Like unless you had a fat bike, it would not be, have been rideable. You'd have to like hike a bike. So that felt good. I felt really good. Um, for probably a good half, I was with people. And then I kind of ended up biking a lot by myself. And it's really hard to like bike with people because people don't typically bike together on gravel. It's not like a road um, where people get it. They know how to draft and, you know, bike together. But as soon as like somebody passes you in gravel, like there's no catching this person. Like you have to be going pretty fast to be able to hold their wheel. And uh, so, so you just end up riding by yourself unless like you're in with a good Peloton that's you know, working at your speed, but then you have to really be careful because there's a lot of these corners are literally 90 degrees and they're sandy and they're gravelly and you could slide out. So apparently in my, my girlfriend Amanda's uh, course, somebody got hit by a car and then she had a bit of a pile up at one of those corners. So she didn't actually get to finish her race. Um, and, um, Angela, Andrea and Mo did the 50, the 30 miler. So the 50 K and they had uh, one, uh, Mo placed in third and Andrea came eighth in her category, which is pretty amazing girls. Yeah. Um, so, so at one point, so on my Garmin, I was not following the mileage. I was only following like the course. And, and I think that having bike computers are good and they're also bad because if you're looking at it and you're going, Oh my God, my speed's like this. And I'm like, the, the minutes are ticking away and you know, it doesn't seem like I'm going anywhere. That's where it can be psychologically detrimental to your pace, your mind. So I just had the map. I didn't even, I just looked at my watch every once in a while to see what time it was. And I had no idea really where I was on the course or how far I'd gone or how much I had left until I hit the last aid station that I remember from last year. And I'm like, okay, I think I'd like to know where exactly I am now. <laughs> Cause I'm like, it has been five hours and you know, like, um, how much more do I have to do? And have I hit, hit this one section? And so that's where I took my map out. I had a map and uh, I was like, okay, this is where I am. And I started seeing, um, other hundred milers come in the, the other direction. So this is where we stemmed off and did like a whole extra section and then, um, we rejoined to finish up with the uh, the 62 mile 
people. So, and that's where I was like, oh my God. And that's where it got really slow. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, and I almost got lost um, because my computer kind of lagged. And I was like, oh my God. And I pulled out my map and I actually took a wrong turn by mistake, but not too far. I turned around, I saw other people. So I backtracked, which was good. And then after that, it's like, okay, now I know it's kind of in the home stretch. And then you stop at another uh, aid station. It's like, oh, it's only 18 miles. I'm like, 18 miles, that's like 30 kilometers. I'm like, okay. And then you hit this other guy. It's only eight miles back. You're like, oh, that's like 12 kilometers. And, and, you know, it just goes like that. So I didn't have um, anybody that I truly was able to ride with like I did last year. Like I think I rode this with this one guy um, for about three hours and it was great because it was a good pace. But you know, when you're, I was in the hundred miler and there's only 400 people and everybody's like really going for time. Nobody's going to sit and wait for you. Um, and, uh, so that's just what it's, what it is. Um, and, uh, so yeah. And halfway through, my so remember I was saying how much how awesome it is to have two by in the front. Well, my bike stopped shifting from so I could shift up onto the big ring, but I couldn't shift down to the small ring. And I was like, fuck me. Um why is this happening? So I felt that I lost a little bit of pace because I couldn't give a lot of speed going on the downhills and like uh, just keep up maybe a more solid tempo because I didn't have that extra up gear. So I tried a couple times. I had to stop and drop my chain down to the small ring and continue going. I also use flats and through the whole thing, um, flat pedals, it was good because I was a lot of on and off in that sand. And so having to not be clipped in, it was easy to get off your bike quickly without like you know, not being able to clip out and falling over and being able to get back on the pedals quite quickly. Um, and, but there's, I don't know if it's because of my shoes, but my feet were like falling asleep and these are supposed to be really good pedals, but I think as my shoes, they didn't have a really thick sole. Um, so I'm out there, I'm going to be out there looking for new shoes and my crotch was like literally on fire. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I just need to finish. My crotch and feet are freaking sore. And that was all that was sore. Thankfully, it wasn't my shoulders. It wasn't my back. It wasn't my hands. But um, yeah, so when I I finished, I ended up in like a little race sprint to the finish because I'm like, yeah, now I can flip it into the big ring and I can really um, have a fast finish and so I sprinted in with these guys and it was all fun and I literally biked to the tent again amazing to have the tent and I looked around nobody was around and I just flopped into the chair and I couldn't even move I was like oh my god I'm so dead but there was you know there's some moments in there when I was thinking I'm like you know I'm I'm out here, I'm experiencing a little like discomfort and some pain. And then I just thought about my mom and my daughter who are living through constant pain right now. 
And I was just like, you know what? I've got nothing to complain about. I can do this. I can finish this. I will get this done. And, and I just thought about them so much. So, so yeah, so I suspect that, you know, when I do Unbound Excel and I'm out there for hours and hours and I will be drawing on those thoughts a whole lot um, as I, as I, you know, am riding by myself. So that being said, I came back, um, the girls finally showed up because I literally was not going to move off that chair. I was looking around. I saw Amanda's bike and I was like, that's where I was like, Oh, I had this gut feeling that something happened. Cause I was hoping to catch up with her on the finishing lap, like on the last quarter. And that's where she was told me that she had this bike accident and she had hurt her ankle a little bit. Uh, not badly. She was able to walk on it, but uh, her bike was okay. Um, and she wasn't able to finish it, which kind of sucked. So because she put all that training in and, um, but she was doing really good average until that point. Um, and they found me. I'm like, here, take a picture of me. <laughs> I can't get up. And I bumped into, um, John Cockling from, um, try for health. He came to the tent. He's like, is this Sylvia? I'm like, yeah. Um, so I was able to give him a big hug, check out this picture. And, um, and then, uh, yeah, then I'm like, I gotta get these shoes off and I gotta get these pants off. And, um, you know, the thing is that I wasn't hungry and I wasn't thirsty, which was, I think, good signs that I had nourished myself and I hardly drank all of my water. Like, I think I still have like three quarters of a two liter bladder left. I finished one full bottle of the, um, the, uh, the mix that I had and, um, maybe a full water bottle. And I had a Coke in one water bottle. Um, yeah, so I can't, maybe I drank like full, like two liters for eight hours. It's not very much, but, um, I kept on sipping and, uh, anyways, but I didn't eat like, I think I ate like a quarter of all the food that I brought as well. Um, I had a bagel that I ate. I had a bar. I ate some goo cubes, which are super good. I really like those. And, um, yeah, it was an infinity mix. And I'm really excited about working, like I said, with Mike about that and mixing up some really high calorie drinks for Unbound XL so I could take in just lots of fluid. But the thing is, then you have to have lots of liquids. Um, yeah, so finished up the day. It was really good. And, um, then we went, uh, we all met back. We went out, we had our beer and, um, then we went back to the, we packed everything up and we went back to the hotel and out for some Italian pizza. Well, I didn't have pizza. I had a big taco bowl, which that was super yummy. I'm like, all I wanted was salad because, you know, when you eat a lot of sugar and your stomach is just like not liking you anymore. 
than its salad. And, and yeah, it was a good night's sleep. We, um, we got up at six, we had breakfast, left at 7.30, and thank you, Andrea, for driving the whole way back. I was able to relax in the back seat. And now today on Monday, I got home, super excited to see my kids and have a drink with my husband and sit in the hot tub together. Um, had a great night's sleep, and today I'm not feeling bad. Like, I have no aches and pains which I think is really good. So it proves that I was bang on with my training this winter. Um, and uh, I think I'm going to be okay for Unbound XL. Um, yeah. And that is it, everyone. We And again, we drove back 10 hours. Andrea drove... Um, and we talked the whole time <laughs> about everything. And then I got all my posts. So you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook is where I am predominantly. Um, I'm putting up the pictures here so you can watch this on YouTube. And um, yeah, it was great. Like, you know, the thing is like you have a great event and there's no regrets there's no drama. Everything like really worked out well. And I think it really comes down to planning. So as long as you plan and you plan well, and you don't leave things to the last minute, you're always, I think, going to have a great outcome and a great event. And that's why like right now I'm sitting here and I'm planning my Unbound Excel trip. I, I think about a lot. I'm, you know, it's 24 hours of driving by myself and that's going to be different. Uh, I will be listening to podcasts for sure. And I'm hoping to, I have one person, one friend I'm going to stop off in Michigan and then I have to find somebody else who will put me up for one night before I get to, uh, Emporia, Kansas. And that's, so this is my plan. I plan on driving from Monday morning to Wednesday noon, get there. And then um, I'm gonna, I will be setting up at the campground. It's 20 bucks a night. I've already kind of reserved my spot. They said it's like first come first serve. So that's why I'm getting there Wednesday, uh, getting a good spot. I'm going to put up my tent. It's a big tent. I can walk in, walk out, leave all my, my bikes and stuff there. Um, I can park there, which is another thing. So I don't have to worry about parking. And um, Thursday night, I will be staying at a hotel out of town so that I can prep my stuff, sleep, um, and be back in town for, say, like 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. I don't start until 3 in the afternoon. So I can relax. You know, I can start like chowing down big time at 12 um besides my breakfast and and be ready i'm gonna scout out uh, maybe the first and second uh town that we go through um you know there's still a lot of things that i need to work on uh, waxing my chain um the right tires i've got to start researching those um and uh, a one pack, um, 
back under my saddle pack to carry my stuff. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, and, uh, so, so that's where I am. So, but I'm planning and I know exactly what I'm going to do. Um, I wish I had the, I don't, well, I'm not taking the truck. I'm taking my, our car. <laughs> Yum. But I do have to stop in Toronto to drop off my road bike for the event the next, the following weekend, which is a ride to conquer cancer. And if you haven't already pledged and donated money for cancer research, please do so. Go to www.fun-ride.ca and you can donate because um, everybody's touched with cancer and um, you can actually get a really good tax receipt if you donate over 25 bucks. Um, so that's what I'm doing after. I haven't really planned in between besides the fact that I'm going to rest as much as I can. I have like three days. I have to arrive in Toronto by Thursday. So I probably like uh, sleep in my car, my tent, and uh, just drive across and um, land in town there. So yeah, that's the race report. Um, again, Matt Acker and Jenny, I got to meet Jenny, um, put on a fabulous event. Like, I mean, this is serious stuff. This is a huge event. I, it's the longest, longest standing and biggest gravel event in the world. I heard, um, definitely in the United States. And, um, you know, I do think that they might have some challenges with race starts and having the volume of people out there. Um, I think that's what they're really going to need to think about this year because, um, well, it was hot. And when you start a race at 11 in the morning, that's like the heat of the day. Um, so I don't know. I wouldn't want to be them right now. But uh, needless to say, um, they put on a great event and I know they're probably going to make some changes and it's going to be even better. But the thing is about gravel uh, about events in, in general is that you can't do anything that day. Like, you know, you have every year to try something new and then you pivot. And so it's kind of hard right? It's kind of hard. So I just want to say thank you, Matt. Uh, thank you, Jenny. Thank you to all the volunteers that were out there on the course corners. Um, you guys made it amazing. Um, I wish I had uh, bumped into more girls from the gravel page um, that, you know, stop by to say hi, but hopefully next year we'll have more because um, they've got their dates up for the next like eight years. <laughs> <laughs> so we could plan everybody we can all plan to go i don't think i'll do the 100 miler again um i think i'll uh you know gravitate down to something shorter and faster um yeah so i can like maybe podium my age category because i'm getting old <laughs> but in any case um it was great and it's highly recommended that you put it on your calendar and they sold out like well in advance this year so when you see it next year, sign up. I know that Matt has um, a list of events that they organize. Go check it out on their um, on the Barry Roubaix page. 
and have yourself an amazing summer of gravel events, right? Like sign yourself up for at least one and you'll not regret it. Take your time, explore it, have fun. Um, and I mean, that's what I did the first time and I just loved it. And I'm looking at back like bike packing and all sorts of things. And, but for me, I'm just saying like, you know, how can I incorporate my family into this? Because ultimately, you know, it, I need to stay healthy for me, but I also want to be doing stuff with my family. And I also love gardening and being outside. So like when I showed up, when I left, there was so much snow out here. Um, literally still about three feet. And then as I was gone for three days, it was like 30 degrees every day and there's hardly any snow left. (laughs) It was crazy. Um, how much snow was still here and how much snow is gone. Like my chickens just love it out there foraging, having fun. Um, so yeah, so there's just a whole lot of things, um, happening that you just want to do, right? And riding your bike is one of them, but there's so many other things. So have yourself an amazing day. I hope you enjoyed this. Hope you took some tips away and I hope you put it on your calendar. Um, It is just something that I highly endorse as an event uh, moving forward. Um, And uh, yeah, so find yourself some fun. Sign up for Barry Roubaix. Uh, bring your friends. I mean, they have three events, right? They have uh, 18 mile, uh, 50, no, 18 mile, 30 mile, 62 mile, and 100. So let's like 30K, 50K, 100K, 160K. Um, so there's something for everybody. And they had kids participating. Um, yeah, it was just a good time. So with that, make sure you follow their page, follow us on Instagram, uh, specifically follow the podcast on YouTube. Um, and I am also, you can Google me, Sylvie Deo on YouTube, and I'm putting up my, uh, prep videos for, uh, Unbound. I'm basically just doing them live and in person. Like I literally do not have time to edit anything. <laughs> so they're just going to be live rot and real, um, videos of prepping and thoughts and things like that. So, uh, if you enjoy that, that go over there and follow me. So take care, everybody ride your bike, have an amazing summer. And don't forget to um, leave some comments. I'd love to know what you're thinking. Bye. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then... Have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike.
And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.